Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And a pleasant good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Coaches Show. It is a bit of a special edition, not an entire special edition, but it's a short week. Saints played yesterday. They leave on Wednesday for Los Angeles. So they are all at Saints camp working tonight, getting ready for the Rams game. Big one, 7-7 Saints, 7-7 Rams. So we do have kind of a special show. We're joined now by former Saints head coach Jim Moore with the Saints from 1986 to 96, Indianapolis for four years, and a good friend for a long time for myself. Coach Moore, how are you? Mike, how's it, how's it going? Well, it's going good. Yeah, it's going it's going a lot better. Yes, if this had been a call a few weeks ago, it's been kind of up and down, right? So it was a big, for big the Saints, you, for the Saints. You mean? Yeah, yeah, it has been. There, I think their season, the whole season, has been up and down because I think they're a really good football team, but sometimes they don't look like it. And uh, I thought they looked great on Sunday against New York. I don't know how good New York is. I wasn't impressed, but uh, the Saints were very impressive. Yeah, and so my question, I want to, there's so much defense to talk about, and Bobby's going to join us. Bobby's at the uh, Silver Slipper Casino. He's going to chime in as well. But my question is uh, this defensive effort. So the seven sacks, but on third down, the Giants were two of 16. And on third down, they averaged needing 10.6 yards. So 16 times they had third down and basically averaged 11 yards. Wow, that's significantly impressive. You mean they averaged making that much? Needing that people? much. Needing that much. They had 16 third downs and they needed yeah, to get an average cool. of 10.6. That's impressive, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, they, they blew, I mean, they dominated uh, the, the New York. On on uh, the other day, they just dominated. I mean, it was like you know, uh, a big guy playing against a little guy, a college guy against a high school team. I mean, it was it was a very very impressive performance. I was I was I was shocked at how not how good they look because I I think they're really a good team. I really do the Saints, but the the, the, the New York was awful to me. They were awful for an NFL team. Anyway. Now- now, uh, Coach Moore, when I look at uh, a short week, how can you describe to the fans, okay, you're in charge like Dennis Allen and uh, Sunday to Thursday. So bottom line is you just uh, – your body's trying to recover. And is it more just from a mental standpoint, you do walkthroughs and all that. And then before you know it, the game's here Thursday night. A quick turnaround. Uh, you play in the Rams, uh, which are a pretty damn good team. Uh, where they're at right now, and 
You know, the one thing about Dennis Allen, boy, if we can get the win there, that'll be the second three-game winning streak of Dennis Allen's era and the first since uh, late last season when we won three in a row. Uh, you know, describe to the fans how when we won nine in a row or it might be six in a row, how positive that is and the confidence you have in the locker room as a team, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, and you go on those winning streaks. Well, yeah, you want to have winning streaks. That's good because it means that you're winning football games when you, when you need to win them to be successful. And, and I think the, the short week is a tough week for a team and a coaching staff. Because, and it was always tough on me because I didn't know really – did, do we need to rest these guys a lot? Do we need to still work them pretty good for a couple of days or what? And I think looking back on and how I handle those kind of things, I think the best thing is to get the, give the team. You're preparing them for a, a big game, but but give the team a make sure they get rest. That they're because I I thought the Saints Sunday really looked quick and 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 fresh. And, and rested. They didn't look like a team playing with just three weeks to play in the total season like they were tired and worn out. And I think that was a mistake I made sometimes working our team late in the season when I should have been giving them a little bit of a, of a rest, not days off from practice. You still are out to practice, but maybe you don't wear pads. Maybe you don't go for as long as you do. And I, I think that's important. And I, I, think, I think the Saints look really quick to me uh, on Sunday, and if they can maintain that and, and continue to get rest, but also prepare mentally and physically, uh, I think that's going to be important. I was just so impressed with them on Sunday. Now, uh, Coach Moore, uh, what I've been impressed with, Derek Carr, it's not his first rodeo, but he enjoyed, I think, his best performance uh, as a Saint. I was impressed with what they did on the road against the Colts, and obviously they shut out the Patriots. But I look at this particular game, and all of a sudden, uh, you finally have this kind of game at the Dome, in front of the home crowd, where uh, it was the first game he had three touchdown passes as a Saint in his tenure. He's 23 of 28. Now, uh, 218 yards. I remember you telling me, Bobby, can you throw for like 225 with Carl Smith, I remember. And then we're going to run. You know, because, you know, back in the day, it was like we need 225 production. Well, it was 23 or 28, 218. I remember those kind of games. But his quarterback rating, 135. And then avoided turnover the ball and was sacked just once. And he threw for 82%. So if Derek Carr plays like that, to me, uh, why not go on a five-game winning streak to end the season? Beat Carolina. Beat the Giants. Why not the Rams and Tampa Bay and the Falcons to win the NFC South and you're hosting a game even though everybody was disgruntled with Derek Carr. It's not how you start, how you finish. Well, I think that the, the, two, the, the, the last two teams they played have probably been the, the, the two worst, and there's no NFL team that's worst or bad or like that. They're all pretty good. But they were the worst of all the teams they played during the season. And, and, and certainly New, the New York Giants last week, I was so unimpressed with them. So they've... Cars played, Derek played good in both games, especially last week against the Giants. Now, for him to keep it up again this week against the Rams on Thursday, that would be extremely impressive. I don't think he will. And I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback, and he's playing well right now, very well. 
And and certainly as a new quarterback coming into a new team, it takes some time. Well, he's playing good, and this is a good time to be playing good. But I, for him to keep up the stats and, and, and as impressive as he was against New York last week, I think that's going to be hard to do every week for the rest of the season. Short week. The Saints will leave on Wednesday. This is Mike Hoss. We are talking with former Saints coach Jim Moore. We'll have Jim Moore for a few segments, and we'll have Dr. Matt Ray. He is the Saints science uh, sports director of science. We'll talk with Matt. Also, Mike Dettelier is way. Take a quick break here. This is the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Haas along with former Saints coach Jim Moore. And the Saints have won back-to-back games, and they have not allowed a touchdown in consecutive games. It's only happened four times in their history, 73, 2020, 2021, and 1991. And, Coach Moore, that made me go back and look at that 1991 season, which, of course, was the NFC West title. But you win three straight games, shut out Minnesota, beat the Falcons, beat the Eagles. You only allowed a defensive touchdown. Like, the the Falcons scored on a defensive score. No, your defense didn't allow any touchdowns. Then no touchdowns for San Francisco. And then you wrapped up the season, the L.A. Raiders, just shows you kind of how old this was, 27 to nothing. And then the Phoenix Cardinals, 27 to three. So those were the back to back games without giving up a touchdown. But that season, you had six games without giving up a touchdown. And this Saints defense, really of late and mostly in the second half, but when you can hold teams to not getting in the end zone, man, that's huge. Well, Toss? yeah, four times. Come on. Uh, that, that's that's kind of old school Dawn Patrol stuff. Yeah, that's right. We we were a very talented defensive team. We had great players over there and they played great. And uh, we just had a good team, you know, starting with our quarterback, too. But uh, our defense was good. I mean, they were they were an easy team to, to coach because they were talented. Uh, they played hard. Uh, they worked hard to get better for the games, and we had some big play type of guys on our defense, rushing the passer, doing things like that, causing turnovers. Uh, I was very fortunate to uh, have have a team, a, a defense like that, on on a, as a part of our team. It was just we were a good team. We had talent, a lot of talent. Now, uh, you know, Coach Moore, I know you always emphasize offense, defense, and special teams, and uh, to me, what was outstanding is that uh, you look at a guy like J.T. Gray. Remember we had Benny Thompson, and uh, you look at outstanding, uh, like uh, the main special teams guy you can invest the money in or somebody you can count on. 
I'm looking at uh, Saints special team ace JT Gray. Uh, recorded his 10th special team tackle this season, and he did it in the first half. The only other individual was a 49er uh, player, George Odom, who's only the second player with at least 10 coverage stops in each of the last three seasons. So when you look at eye production, and the reason why I bring it up is because going into this game, you know, uh, can you get maybe flipping the field, the hidden yardage, one less first down you got to earn, the Saints and the Giants, if you look at opponent perm return average, we we're only giving up like five yards. Well, guess what? Who won that battle? Rashid Shaheed averaged 12 yards of perm return. He had a long gain of 14. So uh, we beat the Giants at one of their strengths. Uh, so you look at, like, uh, how do you cover a punt or the perm return game? I know you always talked about the hidden yardage and all that flipping the field. But uh, JT Gray, you want to talk about not only a pro bowler, but he's been a consistent all-pro uh, now basically for three seasons. Well, yeah, special teams. I mean, we always used to put a, a major emphasis on special teams, as you should. Uh, you need talent on the special teams, not only uh, the kicker and the punter, but the coverage guys and things like that. And, and you know, you can win a game with good special teams people, even if you're not doing extremely well offensively or defensively. I mean, I think people, the public, maybe underestimate the importance of, of special teams and how, uh, how a positive effect they have on the outcome of the game. We were fortunate. We had a, we had a, a, a Hall of Fame kicker in Morton. We had a, we had a great punter, a good punter. Uh, our, we had athletes on our team that could cover – uh, punts and kickoffs and, and make plays down there. It's it's all part of the the game. The three aspects of of the team: offense, defense, special teams. Special teams are very, very, very important, especially in a close game, score wise, where neither team is you know making a lot of uh, po- scoring a lot of points offensively, or maybe they're having a little trouble defensively. Uh, special teams can make a difference, and uh, it happens all the time. And, you know, Coach Mara, one guy that you remember, and he was special. He was the old USFL like all of us. Now he played with the LA Express. Uh, he ended up going to Detroit after the Saints, Mel Gray. Remember Mel yeah. Gray? Now, now, with Mel Gray, he only knew about five plays. i never forget. We wanted to use him on offense, but he only could remember like five plays. So we put him in the game. You had to call the play to tell him what to do. But as far as the kick and perm returner, Mel Gray was off the chart. You remember that, I know, Coach. Uh, he, was a, he was a weapon. I mean, you always liked the fact that you had a guy like him returning punts and kickoffs. I mean, he's a guy that could get yardage, a positive yardage, better than an, some other guy, and, and, and occasionally break it all the way for especially good field position or even a touchdown. I mean, he was a weapon. He was a very positive weapon for our Saints teams when he was on, there, on, the, on the club. So very coach, much so. Yeah, very. Coach, a couple of things that Dennis Allen talked about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And first off was red zone, and that's been a struggle for this team until really the last three weeks where they're 9 of 10 in the red zone, 7 of 7 goal to go. And one of the things that Coach Allen talked about is that, you know, they typically work on red zone on Fridays, but that they, they felt they had to put some more effort into it. So put some more effort into it during the week. Kind of how did you, when you were coaching, kind of a – address the red zone work was it friday thursday and friday how did you do it 
Well, the red zone was usually uh, Friday. We would we would emphasize the red zone, uh, and 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 I think I don't remember you know how good we were in the red zone. <laughs> we were a good football team in most of those years, so we must have been pretty good in the red zone. You know, the red zone, and Bobby will tell you this: it gets harder. You could say, well, we're we're within. 15, 18, 10, whatever yards to get into the end zone, it gets tougher. You don't have as much room. You don't, you don't, you can't, you have to have a, 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 a red zone offense because of, you don't have a lot of room to complete passes and stuff like that. Now you're close and that's good. If you don't make a first down or you don't make a touchdown, you can kick a field goal and get three points, but it's an important phase of the game. And, uh, you need you need to practice it. You need to emphasize it. You need to coach it, and 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 it'll it's a, it's a big part of your success. And uh, you know, coach, when you talk about uh, the red zone, I never forget this. I'd rather have the ball about the fifteen yard line, fifteen to twenty, and then uh, versus like five to twelve yard line, because you know the defensive backs and everybody can squat because you're not going to run past them. And so it was like you're going against 12. So I think whether you're hitting that skinny post or those seams or an inside fade or a fade route that are much rather been on the, uh, the out, like 15 to 20 red zone, and then uh, right close to the goal line because there's, there's, no, there's no room. There's no room to operate. That's why, you know what? You know what's discouraging? If they know you're going to run, and you can still run and get a touchdown. Now, that's very discouraging as a defense. Well, hell, we got to stop them. We know they're running. And then when you can run and they can't really stop you, that's when you look at the play action, the fullback in the flat or the tight end. They ain't nobody even covering them because they're so worried about uh, you running it down their throat in the goal line. And, and you see that every week when teams get in the red zone. You're, a lot of play action, a lot of stuff out in the flat, you know, or the corner of the end zone, stuff like that. And, and, and people, a lot of times the guy's wide open. Sometimes he's covered, but the guy's behind him as our offensive guy's running out into the flat. That kind of stuff is important. Uh, it, it, people think because you're down there, it's easier to score. That's not necessarily so because you're – you don't have a lot of room to score. That's it. To run to run a, a normal offense. Need to take a break. This is a special edition of the Saints Coaches Show. We have former Saints coach Jim Moore with us. Mike Hoss, Bobby Bear, got to step aside. Here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network, back after this. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss along with former Saints coach Jim Moore, also Bobby Bear, And coach, I wanted to talk to you uh, about just kind of Matthew Stafford. He, he can have – he can look unbeatable – and he can also look very beatable. They, they're they 7-6 and six with Stafford at quarterback this year. But in his last four games, they've won three of four, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, he can they, – they go as he goes, and he can be up and down. Yeah, he can be like all players. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I like him a lot. Is he an elite Hall of Fame possible quarterback? No. But he's a good quarterback. He's a winner. He's a competitor. Uh, does a lot of good things. I don't think he's would be put him in in the great category. Uh, they've struggled offensively at times, and and I wonder why. Uh, Kamara, I think, is 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 uh, playing well, 
And, and when he's running the ball well and the offensive line is blocking well, I mean, he's going to do good. The running game's going to be good. Uh, Matthew, I think, is a good player. I like him. I, I, I think he's a, 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 a consistent, can rely on him to play well. Is he going to be special, special? I don't think so. And that's, that's okay. You can still win with him. You know, uh, Coach Boyle, what I remember about Matthew Stafford, uh, very similar to Warren Moon. Uh, I think no matter what the conditions, uh, they can spin it. You know, you right. can spin it, and, like, I'm looking at Warren Moon. I don't know. He was 40 years old. He could throw it any 20-year-old, and I was like, whoa. Uh, you know, you could spin the rock, but I think Matthew Stafford, uh, that's one thing he got going in his favor. Uh, Mike Dettelier and I was talking about this. He comes from Dallas, Texas, goes to University of Georgia, even though he was with the Lions, he always threw a pretty ball, kind of like Warren Moon. Well, I think if you look at Matthew Stafford where he's at right now, he, he, can, he can spin it. And so you got to influence the opposing quarterback. I think that's going to be critical. You know, we had seven sacks. Now, I, I think, uh, you know, his pocket awareness, uh, when you look at Stafford, I think he'll get rid of the ball more than, uh, than uh, DeVito. Uh, what occurred where we're able to get seven sacks. So that's going to be interesting. Which team can influence the opposing quarterback? And that's always the, uh, the case in each game, game in and game out. But uh, the one thing I'll be interested to see, if we can block as well as we blocked against the Giants. Now, when you think about this, people say, well, the Giants aren't very good. All I know is we had zero turnovers in the last three games before the Saints, the Giants had forced 12 turnovers. And they had seven sacks in the previous games. They had one sack against Derek Carr, and that was the running back uh, that, that gave up the sack. The whole line was outstanding. So when you look at the trenches, which team can protect their quarterback? And look at that number, whether quarterback hurries, quarterback hits, and the sack total. As far as, because I view Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford, it's not their first rodeo. They're not going to be overwhelmed on Thursday night football. They've played enough games now. But who can truly compliment them and the supporting cast as far as whether it's protection or uh, the receiving core, whatever it might be. But it all starts up front. I think one reason why Derek Carr had the game that he had, because the offensive line finally played well. Offensive line has been struggling. I think they finally played well, and Derek Carr had success. Yeah, okay, Bobby, and I agree with all that stuff, but, but, but does that mean that the Saints, and I'm not being negative with the Saints, trust me, from, but that game last week against, against the Giants, I mean, that doesn't, how, how often does a t- team get seven sacks in a game of defense? Not very, not very, very seldom. often. How many times does an offense give up? Seven sacks, not very often. If you if you look back at any game, anything in in NFL, you're not going to find those kind of stats. I mean, it was it was a butt kicking. Now it took a while for the Saints to score some points and touchdowns and all. It was relatively close at halftime, but it was only a matter of time. I mean, they 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 were all over that Giants quarterback, all over him, throwing uh, rushing the the quarterback, and uh, he. I mean, it was, here's what it was that, to me that game against the Giants. A really good Saints team playing fresh, quick, aggressive, uh, really good against a team that looked like crap that night. 
And 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 maybe the Saints made them look like that. I don't know. I hope so. But I didn't. I didn't think they were very impressive at all. And I, I thought for an NFL football team, they were a disgrace. The, the Giants. But maybe it was the Saints' fault. But the Saints were hot. The Giants weren't, and they kicked their butt, and that's good. But is it going to happen like that every week? No. You guys know that. Not in the NFL, it isn't. You'll, we'll find that out against the Rams. It's not going to be that kind of game. They're not going to sack Stafford seven times against the Rams. I guarantee you that. Well, Coach, the last time we were there, it was for a preseason game. We had a hurricane and an earthquake. So we're looking for better things when we come to Los Angeles on Thursday. We well, appreciate it's it. it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to rain. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, rain, it rains okay. It never rains in California. <laughs> come, on. Uh, come on, Coach. I mean, it can't rain in SoCal. Come on. Because it can't rain. rain. That's the thing because it rains on you in that stadium. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it could, uh, the wind's blowing. It might come sideways. Right. Coach I mean, Moore, I mean, uh, good, good talking to you, my friend. I know you do a lot of analyst work with WDSU and still uh, kind of follow this team, but we're always appreciative you spent some time with us. All right, it's my pleasure. Anytime, guys. All right, Have Coach. Have a good Christmas, a good holiday. And if you're in uh, L.A. next week or on Thursday, I hope I see you because I'm going to be at the game. We will. for WDSU. You betcha, pal. I'll be looking for you. Okay, guys. Let's pause 10 seconds and let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Saints Coaches Show will roll on. We'll talk with Dr. Matt Ray, the Director of Sports Science for the Saints. It's a busy week, but it's a short week, and players got to heal those bodies. Talk about that when we come back on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hawson Studio. Bobby A. Bear is at the Silver Slipper Casino and Resort in Hancock County, Mississippi, and we are joined now by Dr. Matt Ray, the second season with the Saints. He's the Director of Sports Science. Coach Ray, welcome to the show. Hey guys, good good to talk to you with you again. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, you uh, sometimes get the assignment, and you typically do kind of on these short weeks because coaches are huddled off in their offices and, and getting ready because it is tough. And that's kind of where I wanted to begin with just how tough from a from a physical standpoint. You think about the guys in the trenches who had to deal with Kayvon Thibodeau, you know. 24 hours ago in the Superdome, and Thursday it'll be Aaron Donald. I mean, asking their bodies to kind of get back into playing condition in that amount of time, it's got to be a, a humongous challenge. Yeah, I, I think you. we don't condense the recovery portion of it. Um, the preparation part, I think, gets condensed, but um, – we, we've got it down to maybe a, a, just about a 48-hour process now with the different recovery methods and approaches that we can take with the guys. But you, you just the body just has, has to go through a process of recovery and regeneration. And so you let that kind of take its course um, usually about, you know, 48 hours after that. It puts it about Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, we're pretty comfortable with most of our guys. Some of the older guys might take – another 12 hours to get rid of all the soreness and, and start to feel like it, it's, it's passed, but we don't met, we don't mess with that part um, where you have to really be careful and adjust a normal routine is on the physical preparation leading up to the game. And so you practice different and we'll, we'll lift different. Um, but we still, we'll still get after in the weight room once uh, most of our guys will be either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Uh, do some movement stuff with them there, and then um, it, it's it's probably a harder thing for the 
the the football side of things, the, the tactical preparation. So the practice has to be different, and you have to minimize some of that stress and minimize some of the running that that they do leading up to it. But um, the sports science guys, we love consistency, consistency of the schedule, consistency of sleep patterns and eating habits and eating timing and these kinds of weeks kind of throw all of that out and uh, you really rely on your players to, to be mature, to handle their business and, and stuff that stuff like that so that they're ready to go Thursday night. Uh, Matt, with all your experience, because uh, Saints fans have asked me this, okay, uh, boy, are they going to be available uh, next game? In particular, Chris Olave and Ryan Ramchek, uh, you might say, but that's still a short week. I don't know if you're not available uh, Sunday versus the Giants before you know it. Thursday's here. It's not week to week, but but what is your take on that and the probability when you're dealing with injury? I guess it depends on the injury, but uh, does yeah. that make a difference? A short week versus like week to week, whether uh, um, you know you're not available one week, but you might be uh, the next game. Well, I think it does depend on the on the player and the the injury and kind of where the the stage that they're at in the rehab process. You know, some some guys might just be barely not ready for the game Sunday, and so the extra three or four days just gives them time to be ready for the Thursday night game. And in some cases, I think I think like concussion stuff is really hard on short weeks because there's a process that has to be completed, and so it's it's very difficult to clear a process in in, in a short week. Um, but it just all just depends on where they're at in the the recovery process, and um, I think I think we've got a good group of, of of sports medicine professionals. We're looking to make sure, you know, we're not not trying to rush somebody back before they're ready. Um, but also, you know, and our our players would be the first to tell you, you know, they they want to play. They none of these guys like sitting out or watching from the sidelines and. Um, so it's it's really a, a process of, of of taking full advantage of the the medicine that we that we have and that we trust and the the process to to get a guy ready to to physically play uh, not just at his best but also that's not a, a risk to himself um, to put him out there before he's ready. Now, uh, Matt, this is kind of a two part question. Two different individuals. Uh, to me, I don't know. Maybe modern medicine. Uh, I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers, where he's at. I want you to comment on that. Now the Jets aren't in the playoff picture, so I, I don't see foresee uh, him coming back. But then when you look at uh, like Kendra Miller, and all of a sudden you're dealing with an ankle, and you know people think like uh, it's different because I've had like you know you sprain your ankle or a high ankle sprain, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking like the players I've dealt with. High ankle sprain is almost like you broke your ankle considering what you're dealing with. That's like four to six weeks. Is that a correct assessment or what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, and But I think it goes back to the same deal. With it, depending on the position, depending on the player, you know, there's certain positions that are easier to play on somewhat limited either joint structure or muscle capability. Um and other positions, it's it's very very difficult to do that. Uh, so that's one factor that you come into play. But you know, everybody just everyone's their bodies are different, and uh, some guys recover at a different rate. And 
that, that's just something that you have to balance in that in that return to play process. What I think, uh, and this has kind of been going on for the last five or six years, and obviously as a researcher, I'm, I'm going to nerd out on you for a minute, but it's just Aaron Rodgers is is highlighting. I think we're we're all we're questioning everything that we've ever done and the normal timelines for a return to play. Um, you know, we're probably all all three of us old enough to remember when Adrian Peterson came back from an ACL reconstruction in in six less than six months. You see certain situations like that where you you start uh, questioning maybe the conventional approach to things and you, you start looking at newer newer methods and newer procedures and um, you know we got surgeons looking at new new processes and new surgeries to to help aid in that process and the physical therapists looking at rehab uh, procedures and then uh, strength and conditioning coaches looking at at that post rehab phase and how we can speed up some of that, but make sure that the player's ready to return to play. So I think it just highlights that right now, I, I think a lot of our conventional timelines and methods are, are being questioned by ourselves and, and we're all looking for ways to help these guys uh, get through some of these, these processes faster. So this is the first year that the NFL has allowed a team to really kind of play on two Thursday nights and the Saints Got got hit one week seven Jacksonville and then this week and they were on the road week six. I'm I'm going because you you mentioned you you love consistency you love things to be kind of the same. Can you look back at that Sunday night arrival from Houston and and look at that week Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and go uh, yeah let's do it like this or tweak it a little bit. But I mean it's unfortunate to have two Thursdays, but you also have a roadmap of of what you did. Yeah, and I th- I think the you know, data data really helps us in these regards. It kind of goes back to I was saying this forty eight hour process of recovery, where where I've got data that that helps guide me in what that that window of recovery needs to look like, and then what the ramp up before the game needs to look like. And I think the coaches have the same type of a of a procedure where you know if if you have to go to more walkthrough or you have to have more meetings. You know what are the what are the things that need to be discussed and and dealt with in the right order, but in a very in a very different way. Um, so I, I I saw this at Alabama with Coach Saban, who always said, you know, when when things aren't normal or things aren't regular, you actually have uh, the possibility to gain an advantage if you can do those things better than your opponent. So I, I think we're all out here trying to figure out ways to gain an advantage under less than optimal situ- circumstances for preparation to a game. And, uh, I want your opinion on this, uh, obviously from a selfish standpoint. I mean, I've had 11 concussions and then uh, I never had more than one in a year over a 15-year period. My damn neck's so jacked up. I think the whiplash, I'm like all of a sudden, I'm, I'm 63 and a half years old. And my neck wasn't even hurting me till I'm like 61. I mean, I'm sleeping yeah. at night. I feel like my arms paralyzed, and then I'll get up. I, I do the dry kneeling. It works. You know, I'm at a city park therapy, physical therapy, and, and it helps short term, but it's always coming back. I mean, is that a bad thing to have in the future, arthritic neck? Well, it definitely is a bad thing if it's you that's suffering from it. So. <laughs> uh, 
Interestingly, so there's been a lot of research and investment into the helmets, and and obviously rules are different now to try to protect the head. On the strength and conditioning side, one of the key things that we found as being helpful in in preventing some of the concussions is neck training. So we spend a, a great deal of time on strengthening the neck and uh, doing whatever we can to try to prevent that whiplash that, that sometimes occurs. Will it help down the road? I don't know, but um, it, it's, it's we will do everything we possibly can to help these guys now and down the road. But keep doing keep doing that physical therapy. That, that doesn't sound fun. Well, Coach, uh, I will get Bobby's insurance information so that you can clearly charge him for this session. Uh, (laughs) Sneaking in a little neck injury on you there at the end. But uh, uh, good luck. We appreciate it. I know it's a tough week for everybody. But, hey, you know what? Just as you talked about, Rams got the same amount of time. They don't have to travel, but short week for them as well. And somebody's going to gain an advantage. Might as well be the Saints. So best of luck and thanks again. Thanks, guys. Dr. Matt Ray is the Director of Sports Science. Bobby, good luck with your neck, my friend. Uh, Thanks for joining us as well. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a quick break, come back with Mike Dettelier, talk about a big one for Monday Night Football as well, Philadelphia and Seattle. Just about everything now will have pretty much playoff implications. We'll talk about that as the Saints Coaches Show rolls on here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Haas, and we go back out to the Silver Slipper Casino and Resort in Hancock County, Mississippi, where Mike Dettelier joins us. And I want to we'll skip the Saints and Rams for just a little bit because I want to talk a little Monday Night Football. Tonight it's Philadelphia at Seattle. Philly is 10-3, and three, Seattle 6-7. and seven. There are four teams in the NFC that are 7-7, seven and, seven, and then Seattle's at 6-7. and seven. Now, Philly's 10-3. and three. And you would think that it, that was the other way around. Jalen Hurts is going to play, but he he was sick. He traveled separately. The Eagles have made Matt Patricia's now going to call the plays, moving their defensive coordinator up to the booth. They've allowed, in two straight losses, 10 consecutive scores. That's kind of hard to do for a 10-3 and three football team. This should be interesting. <laughs> to say the least, because right now, um, they sort of been free fall, Mike. I'll be honest with you. As good a record as they have, they have not played well the last month of the year. Even in victories, they really haven't played particularly well. I think it goes a little bit beyond that when you see the fact that not only you know you change players every year, you change both coordinators. Man, I, I don't know how he is not getting more ink, but what Shane Steichen has done with the Colts, and he was the offensive coordinator uh, with the Eagles last year. And, okay, you had your number one pick get, you know, he got knocked at Amari, found out the SEC is tough, but the NFL is even tougher. And Anthony Richardson gets knocked out. And, okay, you get the veteran journeyman comes in, Uncle Rico, uh, you know, Garner Minshew comes in, and they in the middle of the playoff hunt. Uh, with this young coach and then the defensive coordinator he's with the Cardinals Mike it does make a difference and I, I, you can see what the Eagles have done they've sort of pushed a lot of chips in uh, last year they got to the Super Bowl didn't win it tried to do the almost exact same sort of thing again this year but even though they've won a lot of games they haven't played as well uh, I mean just the eyeball test they haven't played nearly as well as we saw them play a year ago. 
And even though they've won, they have not been very impressive. Seattle been disappointing uh, all season long. Because uh, I, I think, especially defensively, that's Pete Carroll's wheelhouse. They, they've given up a ton of points. And Geno Smith, uh, after riding uh, the plane pretty high, uh, he's sort of come back down to earth. And their running game is solid, but it, it, they can't carry it. And yet, look all the talent they have. Mike at wide receiver in Lockett, DK Metcalf. You got the number one pick from Ohio State. And it just has not been able to blend for Seattle this year. And I think for the Eagles, this is a must win. I know it's cross country, but I think it's a must win for the Eagles tonight. Yep. And in the long run, it helps the Saints out a little bit. So we'll, we'll, we'll take it. So, you know, as we often say, it's not who you play, but when you play them. So the Rams have won three of their last four. But if you think at that Baltimore game, they kind of had that thing in hand until late. Baltimore scores under two minutes to play. Then they get the, the punt return. And this is a team that could have easily have won five straight and done so averaging about 33 points a game. So, you know, it's not who you play, but when you play them. And they, they're a team that maybe a few weeks ago, you know, they'd lost three straight. You weren't thinking too much about them. But now it's 7-7 seven and seven and how they're playing, uh, it's a different task. Uh, Bob and I were talking about that. You take Aaron Donald out of the mix. Uh, name me two other defensive players. And I've been most, looking at them. <laughs> if, if for most people, uh, they couldn't either. Uh, they would have some difficulties there. Uh, you know, you would get a Jalen Ramsey, and then they figured out that he ain't with them. He's with the Dolphins today. Uh, so, would they have been able to retool this team? But they've really run with their offense. Stafford's played extremely well. They've hit you with the football tsunami. Uh, now with a healthy Cooper Cup, uh, Puka Nakoa has been terrific. Just been tremendous uh, for them at the other wideout position. But I think the guy that has really been the most impressive uh, and that I didn't think would play this well has been Karen Williams, yeah. the running back for him. Uh, and, and he's not playing behind the five blocks of granite either. They're built really more to protect the quarterback than to run the football, and they have played some good football. So you know what? you got to get pressure on Stafford. you got to make him uncomfortable in that pocket. And he Because he might not be an elite player in this game, but his name would be mentioned right after the elite guys. He's yeah. pretty doggone good. I will say this, and, this, and I'm with you 100%, but when you watch that Washington game, Kyron Williams had two fumbles. And the Rams were one of three on goal to go, not red zone, one of three on goal to go. And you let a team hang around. They let Washington hang around way longer than they needed to because of the Williams fumbles and their inability to put it in the end zone goal to go. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is with the Ravens game, I came away impressed with them, even though they lost and, and sort of gave them the ticket to punch to win. But you went toe-to-toe with arguably the best team in the AFC. I mean, you really went toe-to-toe with them, took them into overtime, and they took a damn punt return from a second stringer. Okay? He wasn't even the guy. Devin Duvernay was supposed to be the punt returner. He gets hurt. And, you know, and Tallinn comes in, Wallace, and, and makes the play for you. So I was impressed with how they hung with the Ravens all game long. And, man, you watched the Ravens last night. Man, they beat the stew out of Jacksonville. Yeah, they, they beat them uh, pillar to post, uh, and, and they were reeling uh, in that football game. And now, you know, we don't know about Trevor Lawrence this week, what will happen if, when he plays 
uh, against Tampa Bay because he's in the concussion protocol. But I can understand it by the whipping he got last night. All right, Michael, as always, love your insight. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Hoss. Appreciate it. You bet. Saints Thursday night football for the second time this year. 7-15 Central, 5-15 Pacific. My thanks to Charlie Long in the booth tonight. The 7-7 Saints against the 7-7 Rams. Lots on the line. Monday Night Football is next. Thanks for listening on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.